Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Minute Maid's slushies are back at McDonald's. And if you'd like to thank me for that information, I'll gladly take a slushie. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Right now, treat yourself to a small Minute Maid slushie, like the new strawberry watermelon flavor for $1.59. Or try small McCafe frappes and smoothies for just 2 bucks. Price and participation may vary. Limited time only. Minute Maid is a trademark of the Coca-Cola Company. Like yesterday, um, definitely got a pack, another pack show. Um, for the ones who uh, listened to to Monday, I'm I'm glad you uh, listened. I hope you liked it. And just like yesterday, uh, also just thank everyone who is given, who given their time to to do an interview here on Trend Chat. And we have another pack show full of interviews. And I just uh, don't want to take up too much time because I want to make sure I get get through all the interviews. I want to at least get through them all by Thursday. So the first interview is with Amanda Owens with the Future Female Leaders. And I got a chance to speak with her um, down at the exhibit hall or with, uh, where they call the CPAC Hub. And um, a good friend, and she's been helpful as far as Helping me out as far as coming to do tea, some tea party meetings, well, one in particular in Dallas, and um, I got a chance to catch up with her, and here's my interview with her. Hello, this is Politichist.com. My name is Brian Bledsoe here at CPAC, and we have the Amanda Owens from Future Female Leaders. How are you doing? Good, how are you? All right, so, well, I know this is not the first CPAC, but actually I want to ask how many have you been to already? Uh, this is my third CPAC. Okay, and future female leaders. So, leaders. So, tell me all about it. Uh, we are America's leading social movement for conservative women. Um, we try to provide a sense of pride of what it is to be a conservative woman, uh, because we all know the world's not always very friendly to us. So, we try to build each other up um, and make each other proud to be able to stand up for our beliefs. And you are speaking. Correct? Yes, I am speaking today on a breakup panel, breakout panel, and tomorrow on the main stage about trigger warnings and safe spaces. Okay, and who, um, so you're on a panel, so who, are, who else is with you? Um, I'm with Madison Gassetto, 
Lawrence Jens from The Blaze, um, Dr. Matthew Spalding from Hillsdale, Hillsdale College. Okay. So, given that you're, um, I guess, engaging with a lot of college and high school students as well, right? Yes. So, um, so what do future female leaders do as far as that, well, that sort of engagement? Yeah, uh, well, we're more of a social media. We put emphasis on social media. We know there's a lot of great organizations out there that are out there on college campuses, on the ground, and we try to bring, you know, this the second prong to activism is social media in the digital age. So we try to, uh, you know, get the word out on social media. Um, we have about a half million uh, social media followers in total, um, and we're reaching about six million readers each month on our website. And on our website, it is, um, we have tools, tips of, you know, how to live your best life. It might be how to ace a phone interview, or it might be how Kellyanne Conway is the real definition of feminism, or, you know, it ranges from politics to, you know, career to relationships, and we try to, you know, give girls tools, even if politics is just a hobby for them, that they can use in their own career fields. Okay. So, future female leaders, they, um, what all is on the website? Um, I guess you have products and all sorts of events going on. And so, what all you do? What all do the organization, I guess, do during the year? Right. Well, we have daily posts that go on our website that I just spoke about, and then we also have our merchandise, um, and that is what sustains us as an organization. We have apparel, accessories, and gifts um, for the right-leaning person in your life. Um, and then we are also present at a lot of conferences. Um, you know geared towards women throughout the year and that is uh, you know to engage and mobilize women um, to get more involved in the political process and get informed. Yes and um, I guess you would say the the signature I guess piece piece will be the elephant skirts. Yes the red elephant skirts are a hot item in the Reagan red and uh, I think it's they're popular because they have an elephant on it but it's not the GOP elephant so it's kind of ambiguous. Girls can just wear it and and it's it's kind of like a tongue in cheek. Oh, I'm I'm sporting my political views, but not everyone in the room knows it. You know? <laughs> so uh, I've been asking everyone um, here is that what does the word conservative mean to you? Conservative for me means you know what it is at the core principle. The core principles of conservatism, which is you know limited government, free market, you know fiscal responsibility, um, and you know giving the power back to the individual. Okay, and um, also in talking about. I guess in engaging with a lot of younger people and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who are maybe a little apprehensive as far as getting involved so the person that, so for the person that maybe is questioning the progressive ideology maybe they don't like it and they don't want to um, join in with the, probably a lot of their friends but they're scared of being ostracized if they get vocal so what words of encouragement will you, will you give them to I guess move forward well, and I resonate with that completely because that's actually how FFL was started was because I felt uncomfortable uh, stating my political opinions to my to my friends because I did so on Facebook and I felt ostracized and I was I wasn't being disrespectful and people that I called my friends were writing like name calling to me and I felt like I couldn't freely express my opinions without you know get, getting unfriended 
addiction and those types of things. So I know what that's like uh, to feel that, and I resonate with that. And I would encourage the girls uh, to, you know, having your set of friends. They don't all have to be conservative. You know, some of the best ways to grow and uh, some of the best friendships are people with people you don't agree with politically. But I would try to find a group on campus to get involved with in your free time that has like-minded people or, you know, um, getting involved in future female leaders, obviously, is a great way. Shameless plug. Um, and, you know, social media is such a great tool. You know, it, it connects us with people that we would have never been connected with elsewhere. Um, and so I think that that is a powerful tool to get, you know, connected with organizations, um, you know, that, that might help you out and, and help gain confidence for you to freely speak out. Okay. So um, you have anything else coming up? We, uh, our next little go is we're going to be doing a campaign for Women's History Month and showing what all great things that conservative women have done and are doing and will be doing in the future. Okay. All right. This has been Politichips.com, and my name is Brian Bledsoe, here with Amanda Owens with Future Female Leaders. Thank you for so much for your time. Of course. Thank you for having me. And thanks again to Amanda Owens from Future Female Leaders for joining us. And... And the next interview is with someone that I would say politics in particular will be familiar with um, is um, radio talk show host Bill Whittle. Um, he has more titles than that. Um, he that he actually gets into in the interview. So um, not going to delay anymore. Uh, here's my interview with him. Hello, this is Politichicks.com here at CPAC. My name is Brian Bledsoe. I'm here with Bill Whittle. How are you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. It's an amazing, amazing experience. So um, I want to make sure um, that you give your full title. It's for, it's for me messing it up. So <laughs> Sometimes they introduce me off my bio, and I've done so many different jobs. You know, just like I'm a guy who can't hold down a, a, an occupation. I, I just like political commentator. Actually, I just if I could have anything, it'd just be writer, to be honest with you. Okay, so um, I'm so I'm guessing this is not your first time at CPAC. No, it's my third time, but I haven't been here since 2010, so it's a long time. Okay, so um, so how will you describe the atmosphere here um for this particular CPAC? Well, first of all, it's better to win than to lose. That's for sure. Uh, secondly, uh, the, the the most striking thing about it, and by far the best thing about it, is I cannot believe how many young people are here. This has been a problem for Republicans and conservatives forever. You know, the average age is deceased, and, and it's getting older. And you look out into the crowd, you see nothing but, but white hair. And to their credit, all of these older Tea Party and Republican people are saying, what are we going to do about young people? How are we going to get a hold of them? And I think this whole Generation Z thing is much, much more conservative, and, and it's given me a great deal of hope. Okay, so, well, given that we are here at the Conservative Political Action Conference, so, of course, I've been asking everyone, what, what does the word conservative mean to you? That's a really, really great question. Um, I don't want to sound like, you know, Bill Clinton, you know, with that kind of sophistry, but this is the honest truth. Uh, I think conservatives are trying to conserve traditional liberal values. Uh, when, when the when the whole idea of things like private property and, and you know protection of civil of, of rights from the government, these were all revolutionarily liberal ideas. And then a bunch of people who are against freedom, who are against responsibility, against property, against against anything that they don't control, took the name liberal, and it's a real shame. But yeah, I'm trying to conserve these values, and I think that these values mostly peaked 
earlier, not in time so much. For, just real quick, for example, the EPA did a lot of good when the EPA started. When the EPA started in the 70s, the, 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 what is it, the Cuyahoga River in, in Cleveland, Ohio, caught fire. The river caught fire. And, um, and the Great Lakes were just dead. There was nothing in them. And, and the air was filthy in Los Angeles. So when the EPA helped clean all that stuff up, that was great. I was in favor of the EPA then. But now... Country is much cleaner than it's been since the industrial era. Now all the EPA does is go out there and make impossible regulations and impossible fees and make it virtually impossible for people to open a business. And so I want to kind of go back and conserve the way things were when they were important and not not this nutcase job uh, of the progressive world where they have to keep finding smaller and smaller and smaller things to make more and more fuss about. So um, did you um, hear President Trump speak? I did. So, what do you think, thought of the speech? I didn't. I, I thought it was. I think that. I really don't know if I heard it worse. I thought he was really unfocused and um, just kind of. Uh, we have an expression sometimes like we phone it in. He he seemed to me that he was. Um, it sounded like the kind of camp, campaign speeches we were hearing in two thousand in June, July. Um, listen. With that said. Anytime a guy gets up there and talks about you know Supreme Court justice like Gorsuch and, and lists his nominees and I'm in favor of the Second Amendment and all that other stuff, that's a big win. But as far as Trump goes, I, I thought just in terms of delivery, I thought it was really pretty disappointing actually. So, um, so I guess what you what you see was lacking, um, I guess in in the speech. Well. He went around and made the same points, you know, three or four times, and he basically saying, "We're going to do this, and it's going to be great. We're going to do this, and it's going to be great." Um, many of us who, are, who had doubts about Donald Trump prior to his election thought maybe that's all there is to the guy. But then you see appointments like Mattis and DeVos and you know and, and um, McMaster's and, and Gorsuch, and you realize, no, these are spectacular, unbelievably great um, appointments. So I would have I would have much rather heard something new like. Why did you pick Mattis, or how has it been working with you know with um, with Devore or whatever? And 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 I was hoping for something new because he's in as about as friendly a crowd as he's ever going to find, you know. Yeah. But with that said, uh, the crowd really liked it, and um, and I kind of judge these things from the standard of having watched 200 of his speeches anyway. So, <laughs> so what are you? Um, I guess what are you anticipating with with the Trump administration? Just in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that the American economy has been compressed like a coiled spring and that it is going to uncoil because he's going to cut taxes and take off a lot of regulations and I think the economy is just going to explode. There's going to be so much growth and there's been so much growth stifled by Obama's taxes and regulations that I think it's going to go through the ceiling. And that is what I hope for because I'd like a real clear kind of before and after picture of this thing. So you have a thing coming up? I keep busy at uh, BillWhittle.com. I'm doing a new set of videos for Turning Point USA and uh, have a, a live show every day. So, um, yeah, then pretty much everything I do is over at BillWhittle.com. Bill Whittle, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Brian. Good to see you. And thanks to Bill Whittle uh, for his time, as I just said. <laughs> and um, actually, at the end, he was talking about Turning Point USA and... Um, that is a great organization that is engaging with college students and high school students. And I uh, didn't, didn't get a chance to to interview Charlie Kirk um, at CPAC, but I did get a chance to interview a good friend, Joanna Rodriguez. And here is my interview with her. Hello, this is Politics.com at CPAC. My name is Brian Bledsoe, and I'm here with Joanna Rodriguez. 
who is the Southern Regional Director for Turner Point USA. How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. So I'm just trying to get a couple of interviews and see them from people here at CPAC. And I know that you, I know you've been to more than one CPAC, but how many CPACs have you been to? This is actually my second CPAC. Okay. Yeah. Well, well my second as well. Awesome. Uh, so what all you do with uh, Turner Point? So as a regional director, I oversee six different states. So I oversee Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri, and Kansas. And I help start chapters um, on high school and college campuses for Turning Point. Uh, so usually you just find um, students who support limited government and free markets and capitalism and um, who want to become active in the conservative, libertarian, anything right of center movement. And uh, help them uh, bring speakers and have events and yeah. yeah I'm, I'm a big supporter of Turning Point I, I go to as many events as possible and I follow follow everything on Twitter and social media I, I mean I'm, I'm a big fan of Turning Point myself so so um what sort of events that, that Turner Point do during the year? So this summer we are doing the Young Women's Leadership Conference. We'll have hopefully about a thousand or more young women meet in Dallas. Um, that Our uh, headline speaker this year so far is Kellyanne Conway. We also have a few in the lineup in the works. Uh, we do a Latino conference in the sum during the summertime as well. And we also have a high school conference. And then um, throughout the semesters we have regional conferences in different parts of the country for the students who aren't going to the summer ones. And then we do a winter in West Palm Beach activist retreat where everyone can come enjoy some time in Florida after finals and get to hear from some cool speakers as well. All right, cool. So um, on the college campuses or, or in high school campuses, so what all do, do the organization, I guess, do as far as engaging with the students there? We have a lot of um, signage that we use that we like to bring in, like pop culture references on our posters and our rally signs. Um, and I think that's what attracts a lot of young people to uh, learn more about the message. And of course, since it's not labeled Republican or Democrat, we're able to um, reach a larger audience. And uh, it's just, it's really exciting getting to see people excited about um, all the stuff that we have for them to learn more about the movement. Okay. So, uh, per so yourself personally, I know that I know that you have been at the Republic, well, I guess the was the Democratic Convention and just being able to engage with the with the other side in a way. It's whether in during the protests or whatnot. Just I guess just tell me how how did those experiences go? Um, the DNC was actually not as awful as I thought it'd be. A lot of the people were just really hurt Bernie Sanders supporters. And uh, while we were talking with the protesters who supported Bernie Sanders and didn't like Hillary Clinton, we realized that we agree on a lot of things. But the problem is, how do we get there? So they think that government is a problem. They want to grow more government to fix a problem that government created. Versus myself and the people uh, with Turning Point, we think that government is a problem. So why would we grow government to fix it? Okay. So um, for yourself, personally, you have anything coming up? Um, not too much that I can say. Um, it is, I have a little project that I'm working on. Uh, it involves the Second Amendment and uh, women who support it. So that'll be fun. I'll, more some, details as they come. I know, for some reason I feel like I know what you're talking about. But, you know. 
More details do. as they come. Because I, I know like someone else. Now, one thing I guess we can talk about is that you were in um, uh, in a story with the NRA with um, uh, Antonio Okafor and um, Lydia Longoria. Mm -hmm. So, um, so how was how was that experience? It was awesome. Uh, it was really cool that now we are really good friends and we text all the time. And um, I hadn't met them before personally. We had talked on Facebook and things of that nature, but um, getting to hear their story is just so empowering because I know that I'm not the only one who thinks these things. And here are some really awesome, beautiful, and empowered young ladies who believe the same things that I do. So, got a really good friendship out of that. Oh, okay, well, I appreciate your time and thanks very much thank you and thanks to joanna rodriguez for for speaking with us for a couple of minutes and uh like again i i really would recommend turn the point usa to anyone who um with currently in college or high school or has um has children in in high school or or college so uh, the next interview up is with uh, Madison Jessiato, uh, who most recently has was I guess was helping out with the Trump administration during the inauguration. Um, but I'm again I'm going to have her to say more about all that she's been involved with. So uh, here's my interview with her. Hello, this is Politics.com. My name is Brian Blesso, and I'm here with Madison Jessiato. And um, I, I don't want to mess up all all the things that you are a part of, so I'm going to let you do it. Sure. So I was one of the surrogates on President Trump's campaign, and then I went on to serve as the regional press secretary on the inaugural. So I'm now finishing up my last semester of law school at Ohio State, and I will graduate in May, and I'm really looking forward to that. And of course, I'm down here at CPAC. I um, am here on behalf of the Washington Times, where I write a weekly column. Okay. So, um, well, now that CPAC is um, almost over, uh, what do you think of everything the past couple of days? Oh, my God. It's been absolutely incredible. I've been at CPAC for quite a few years now, and another amazing turnout of young conservatives, of conservatives from almost every state in this country, if not, I think, maybe every state. Uh, and it's just been incredible. We had some amazing speakers, amazing panels. I came in yesterday for uh, Wayne LaPierre's speech, one of my favorites of the week. Of course, President Trump gave an incredible speech and really riled up the audience, which I love to see young people really coming together and really excited about his message and what he's done over the past 30 days. So, uh, so... Overall, what do you thought of President Trump's speech? You know, I thought his speech was great. Uh, a lot of what he's been hounding for the past month, you know, he's been hitting on these messages, which I think are very important, and I know he thinks they're very important. The media has not been fair to him. They haven't been fair to him since the primaries, and it's time to start holding them accountable, because at the end of the day, what people want is truth. And I don't care whether that truth is for or against the president, but we need to speak truth. And the media and a lot of outlets, as you know, does not speak the truth anymore. They speak what they want to speak. And I think the future of journalism is very important and we need to make sure that we're holding journalists accountable and so I thought that was a really great message that he sent as well as the message of you know forgotten men and women America will be forgotten no longer and this is something he said in his inauguration speech which really hit home for me I'm from the Midwest and I've seen so many people that have been forgotten whether this be you know men and women who lost their jobs and haven't been able to find work and haven't really been able to feed their families like they used to or if this is students who you know sacrificed so much to go to college at you know a great school like Ohio State and you know, took out all these loans, but now don't have a job, and they don't have any way to pay these loans back. And so, these are important messages that I think he continues to send. That I'm very
very appreciative of, and I think a lot of people in that room were very appreciative of. Okay, so uh, how many, um, well, given, this, would this be your first CPAC or no? No, this is actually my third CPAC. I came the past two years, and this will be my third time. This is my first time speaking on a panel at CPAC, though, so I was very blessed to have that opportunity and had a really great time with Lauren Stearns from The Blaze and uh, Professor Spalding and Amanda and our moderator. I mean, it was a really great panel. Yes, I was about, just about to mention about your panel. So uh, what was your panel about? Sure, so our panel was about basically what's happening on college campuses today. Snowflakes, safe spaces, all of these you know words that you hear about, they're very real, and I have very personal experience with this, and it's been very difficult uh, seeing this happen and I, I don't want any student to be discriminated against conservative or liberal and so I think we need to step forward and make sure that everyone's free speech rights are protected. Now uh, I, I did listen to the panel and you had a personal story yourself so uh, could you elaborate more on that? Sure so uh, about almost a year and a half ago now I wrote a column in the Washington Times I talked about abortion within the black community I took these statistics straight from the CDC and you know this was concerning to me I wrote about this and students from the school apparently didn't like it, it didn't fit with their liberal agenda, and they decided to, to begin harassing me online, which ended up escalating to threats, threats of violence, um, threats of, of things like raping me to know what I, you know, to know what it's like to want an abortion. It was, it was absolutely horrific, and I dealt with a liberal administration who didn't provide me with the support I deserved. Obviously, they didn't agree with my with me being Catholic and being pro-life and you know having these views. But that's fine. I didn't expect them to agree with me. I expected them to protect me as a student there and to you know respect my right to free speech. And uh, that was my first personal experience with what I talked about on the panel today and it was really difficult because you hear about it but until it happens to you it doesn't I don't think become quite as real and so I want to be able to share this personal experience with others to inspire people to stand up so we can prevent this from happening to other people or make people who have you know gone through this type of situation stand up because a lot of kids have been silenced I say for every you know one kid like me or one student like me who stood up and talked about it there's probably 10 more who had gone through situations like this and haven't talked about them so um I guess um, one question I've met asking most people is um, what words of encouragement would you have for someone that is maybe not not describing themselves as a conservative or a libertarian kind of kind of what, what was asked during the panel but maybe it's um, questioning progressive ideology and maybe they've seen friends of theirs that have been ostracized but and so they're kind of feeling apprehensive as far as wanting to wanting to speak out so what 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 uh, words of encouragement would you give them? You know, I think the number one thing that I try to remind other students of is that you're never alone. Whether you have one, two, three, four, or 50 other students on campus that are going through what you're going through or that, you know, have the same beliefs as you, you're never alone. There's always going to be people you can reach out to or organizations outside of your campus, like I talked about on the panel, that you can reach out to. And so I think it's very important for young conservatives and for all conservatives to continue to use platforms like social media to, you know, talk about these organizations and what they can do for students because it's very important uh, for someone to not go through that alone because that's a very difficult situation you know even think about you know when you're a little kid and you get bullied by someone on the bus or at school you come home that doesn't feel good you know it doesn't matter how strong of a person you are it doesn't matter if you're 15 25 or 55 when you're going through a situation where you're being bullied or you're being discriminated against it's very difficult and so it's important for people to have that support system whether that comes from home it comes from organizations or you know it just comes from other students we need to make sure students have that
And um, you have a thing coming up? So like I said, I'll be graduating from law school mm-hmm. in May. So I'm really looking forward to that. Of course, I'm still doing my weekly column in the Washington Times on WashingtonTimes.com every Thursday. And my new website just released, MadisonJustiato.com, so people can subscribe on there to receive my columns and email every week. And of course, I'm on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, just my full name again, Madison Justiato. Okay. And um, I definitely would suggest for everyone to go to, to see the video of that panel. It was a great panel. And, um, and thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Brian. It's great to be with you. Right, thanks. And thanks to Madison for for speaking with us for the for a couple of minutes. Um, next coming uh, next interview coming up is with uh, Suzanne Vanker. Um, she uh, has a she has a book out about basically about being an alpha female, and um, just gonna have her to go more into it. And and here's my interview with her. <laughs> This is Politicist.com. My name is Brian Bledsoe, and I am with author Suzanne Vinker, I'm author of Alpha Female, The Alpha Female's Guide to Men and Marriage. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I really, I just screwed up that title. Didn't no, I? no, actually, you did. That's right. It's a little bit easier than it sounds. So what's um, so what's the book all about? So the book is about um, how. Um, Alpha females or people or women who demonstrate a lot of more typically masculine qualities can become softer and more feminine when they're with their man and when they're as a wife um, and sort of switch out of one mode into another to have more peaceful, loving relationships with their spouse. Yeah, I'm, well, given that we're here at CPAC and I'm pretty sure there are a lot of alpha females here, so I'm guessing this will be very helpful for them. <laughs> yes, this just came up in the last interview, and it, it, there's no question about it, although I try not to focus too much on, um, you know, it's not so much about what you do during the day, um, it's about whether or not the whatever it is that you're doing puts you in boss mode. So I often say that oftentimes women who are at home with their kids struggle with this because they're in boss mode and they are that they have no boss, they are the boss. So to move and shift from being a mother to a wife is not an easy thing, but those two domains require really just a completely different set of tools in the same way the professional world does with being a wife as well. So it's um, really more about just getting out of this mode and going into a much more um, loving and receptive and softer mode. Okay. Well, given what you are the author of this fabulous book, so tell us about yourself. Yeah, so I am clearly an alpha female. I cannot deny that. And this has been a long journey for me because I was raised by um, a very strong alpha woman mother. Um, and it, I could see where there was a lot of problems, actually, in her relationship with my father as a result of, of that fact. And um, she just... She you know she ruled the roost and had trouble um, adhering to my father's opinions or ideas on things and she pretty much just kind of railroaded him and it was it was very um, you know it was something that dramatically affected me and and my upbringing and so I somewhat adopted those traits I think and unlike her just decided that this isn't really working and I don't really want it to be this way and so it was a long journey of my figuring out how on my own to become this type of person that I'm talking about um, with my husband so that it, that life was more peaceful at home and it wasn't like two alphas at the helm trying to you know buy for control which is really what this book is about. Okay so it's um, I guess in a way it was kind of a 
kind of a ther- kind of therapeutic. As far Absolutely, as it's as, it was as much for me as it is for other women that can identify. Absolutely, it's huh? very much a memoir. Okay, so um, uh, did, this is your first CPAC, or how many have you been to? Um, I know I actually went. I've been to one, but it was about four or five years ago when it was at a different location. And at that point, I had a very different book out that was much more political. Okay. So, um, yeah. Okay. And so, what do you think about the atmosphere in this one? Um, well, the hotel is a lot bigger, and it's a lot harder to find my way around. Um, but I do, I mean, it's interesting to be back in this environment with so many like-minded people. That's really a rare thing, to be able to be, I, especially for me, I'm so used to going to the lion's den and fighting the left. So it's really kind of fun to be in this environment with you know, people who are just, in general, think alike. It's not such a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, Yeah, that's one thing I mentioned in my podcast, is that, uh, coming to events like this for a lot of people is very refreshing because you know most people you know in their nine to five jobs they don't deal with <laughs> they don't have conservative friends for the most part or at least if they are they they're not vocal about it so they they, they have to meet in, they had to meet in some back rooms yeah. somewhere so something like this is just really like it, it's just a breath of fresh air to just sit and talk openly about these issues without having to look <laughs> look around like who's, who's listening. You know, really I don't want someone to uh, say something. <laughs> I mean, imagine if you could live this way every day of your life. I mean, think about that, how that would change life for people to just talk, what, to say what they want to say and not worry about it. I mean, I just can't even imagine it because I'm so used to always curtailing my thought. Yeah, so... Um, so I've been asking everyone this question, so um, for you, what does the word conservative mean to you? Yeah, that's a great question, especially today. I think it's so butchered. Um, and, and I liken it to the left, the liberal no longer being, of course, liberal doesn't mean liberal. Today, a conservative is liberal, in my opinion. Your classic liberal um, value or outlook is to be extremely open-minded and tolerant of all points of view. That's what a classic liberal is. And because liberals went so far off the deep end and, and are now officially just radicals, it's made the, what you would originally call conservative actually be the true liberals, in my opinion, because that's why you don't get the same hate and the same um, protesting and all of that that you get from the left, because conservatives, of course, are more tolerant. They're also more giving. Um, with they put their money where their mouth is, and they actually, I mean, this has like been studied and proven that conservatives actually spend more of their money um, to help those less fortunate than liberals do. So they walk the walk, talk, talk, walk the talk, whatever that phrase is. Yeah. So, um, so what do you have coming up? I mean, other than the book, do you have anything else? Uh, no, I'm fully in publicity mode for this book right now. I do have some things in the back burner, but right now I'm just trying to stay focused on this. Okay. So, um, uh, I guess I want to ask one last question: Is we were talking about as far as people going to their you know normal work and having to deal normally with liberals or people yeah. that are against them? What do you say say to someone who maybe is meeting in the back room with that person that? Not so much saying they want to be a conservative or a libertarian, but they, just they don't. Yeah, they don't like. Yeah, they're thinking, and they just say, "Okay, I don't like this. I don't like progressive ideology." What would you tell that person as far as some encouragement to, you know, to get more involved? Um, I guess I would say that you would be surprised that you think that you are not the norm because they're because 
being politically correct and what's accepted is being liberal, so the perception is that you think oddly or differently, actually I would say it's the reverse, and that the majority of the people who aren't speaking up do think like you, but they're being silent, so if you do speak up, you will find all of a sudden those people will start to do that too, because it's just human nature, you just want, you need to be led so that you feel okay saying what you think, and someone needs to break that down and start that process. Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of times, I guess you just have to get through the name calling and whatever that comes with it. But just realize that you're not alone. That mm-hmm. if you just if you just look out there, you'll find you will find some people that that will be supportive with you. You just have to, I guess, take the time to, I guess, to really be into whatever whatever it is. So, so this is politics, and um, thank you very much. And also. I want you to say the name of your, name okay. your book without me messing with it. It's called The Alpha Female's Guide to Men and Marriage. All right. Thank you very much thank for your time. Thank you. And thank you again to Suzanne for um, for speaking with us for a couple of minutes. And um, we are at the last interview. Last, but certainly not least. Um, got a chance to speak with... Lawrence Billy Jones, the third of the Blaze, um, a good friend of mine. I've, uh, he was part of the panel with uh, Madison and Amanda, um, talking about snowflakes in the safe spaces. So um, I'll go ahead and <laughs> get into this. And um, this will probably be the at the end of this interview. I probably won't be coming back. So I just want to say now. If you want to contact contact with us on social media, it's um, it's all the same word. Trend Chat twenty four seven Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's all the same. So, I'm um, hoping you've been enjoying these interviews, and we'll have a whole nother pack show tomorrow. So, um, until tomorrow, I will chat with y'all later. After. Make sure y'all listen to this interview with Lawrence Billy Jones. Don't go away yet, <laughs> but here we go. <clears throat> Hi, this is politicschicks.com. This my, my name is Brian Bledsoe. I am with the Lawrence Billy Jones the third. Why don't you have to put the the in front of you? Well, the because you're the big shot at at D Blaze. No, I'm just one of the guys, you know. <laughs> so actually, what is your official title? With the um, I'm radio host for the Blaze as well as contributing host to the Blaze TV. So I do the investigative reports, um, sometimes breaking news stories, um, anything that's pretty much focused on people and how it affects them. Uh, I split my job from being a commentator, political commentator, and the rest of the stuff that I do that's not involved in politics is journalistic, investigative. I'm the lead investigative journalist on the Okay, so um, so what are you speaking on today here at CPAC? I know you're speaking on something. Yeah, so I'm supposed to be speaking at CPAC on uh, colleges, campuses, um, how the left has taken over the campuses uh, where they want to create safe spaces, um, coddle students, um, and how can we combat that, uh, which, which is an important topic because conservatives traditionally don't do a good job organizing, uh, and they don't do a good job organizing on college campuses. And so what we see is um, they take over the campuses because we refuse to go there, the liberals do, 
and we, uh, we we don't have any representation. And when we do have representation, they bully the students on campus. Uh, there is not a unity message there. Um, and we lose. We do lose the young people's vote. So what can we do to change their culture? Now, so I know this is not your first CPAC, so how many CPACs have you been to? Uh, uh, five, probably. Okay. Yeah, five. Okay. Now, um, now, I follow you on social media, and I do. I remember a post that you were saying that you that you said you are libertarian now. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I mean, I'm not trying. I'm just yeah. asking. Just um, because yeah. well, I've been asking everyone else. I just like, what does the, does the word conservative mean to you? You know, I'm not sure. The reason why I changed, and it's a good question about that. The reason why I changed over to the libertarian principles is because I felt like conservatives abandoned their principles. When I left the Democratic Party, I didn't go to the Republican Party. I went to the conservative principles because I, I didn't want more government. Um, I wanted the smallest government and for government to just do their role. The Constitution gives them. And I, what, I, what I've learned in, in the last month is that the new conservatives today uh, aren't so much for limited government, they're for the government that they approve, the government that is acceptable for them. And that's not cool with me. Uh, I'm for limited government. Now, do I have personal views on issues? You bet I do. But the government doesn't have the right to dictate certain issues. And I think when the conservatives get back to those principles, then maybe I'll come back. But for right now, you know, I'm not one of those crazy libertarians, but I believe that, you know, for, for some years I'm going to be fighting them to get back in their place, you know. Okay, so, um, well, given that what you have, what you said as far as how the movement has, as far as the conservative movement has, yeah. has gone, so, well, I guess to you, like conservative, if, if you wanted to get back to that movement, what would it mean for you? As a definition, like you, if someone said, "Hi, right, what's a conservative?" So, I mean, what, what would you tell? Them? You know, free market principles. Uh, you know, uh, that's what they should be protecting the rights uh, of life. Okay, uh, and that's the issue that is split between the Libertarian Party about pro-life issues, which is it's hard for me to go over there because I know some people, half of the Libertarian group are pro-life and half of them are pro-choice. Um, uh, you know, a quality education, uh, a lot of the rights returned back to the states. Like, all of those are principles. If it's not in the Constitution, then it goes to the states. Uh, free market principles. Uh, like, all of those are what we should stand for. And we shouldn't, we have to be consistent. It can't be when our guys in there, we're, we're, we're okay with executive orders. If we were against it with President Obama, then we should be against him with the president, uh, our current president. We have to maintain our principles because that's how we gain the respect of many. We can't be hypocrisy. We can't have hypocrisy going back and forth. You know? Now, um, as a as a black conservative, you know myself, and just anyone that questions progressive ideology, we always get the name calling and just the scorn from other black people and whatnot. What what would you say to someone who 
is out there that maybe is is questioning progressive ideology. Not saying they want to become a conservative or a libertarian, but they don't. They know they don't like the policies that they're, that are going on in their neighborhood, and they're afraid of being ostracized because they see what happened to maybe you know uh, the guy down the street when he came out and said he was a Republican. You know, they just kicked him out of out of the hood. Basically, yeah. what would you tell that person to, to as a some words to well, curse? He should be trying to make it out of the hood anyway. Yeah. But you know, uh, look, I, 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 when it comes to my community, I, at, at the beginning stage of my career, I realized. Um, you have to be adamant about changing your community. And what I've learned is that I don't talk at my community, I talk to them. Whether I'm on CNN, Fox, or MSNBC, and there's going to be some name calling from some. But the majority of the people in our community are not comfortable with the circumstance that we're in. And I always use my barbershop as my training ground and I, as my message uh, tester because if we can get my barbers in the barbershop, I go to a traditional bar, uh, black barbershop, I've been going there since I was a kid, so they've seen me evolve. If the message works with them, then I know I'm on the right track. The point, uh, the, the, the problem that we have with conservatism today is that we don't package stuff well. I'm not saying advantage the, the principle, but you have to relate it to the people that you're trying to reach. And I make it my mission to take a conservative message and apply it to my community, whether it's through hip-hop or uh, uh, you know other people that they look up to in our community. I find the conservative message, and I, and I make them see it through music, movies, whatever, because that's how they consume that knowledge. And so a person that uh, gets a... You know, you have people that are on social media that try to call me Uncle Tom and all that. But as far as my community, they know what I stand for because I've been working to help. help. My record is clear. Um, and so I would encourage people to get a record, you know, because... You know, a lot of liberals that represent our community, black people that represent us that look like us, they don't have a record of helping the community, but they get support. You got to get a record. All right, and so what do you have coming up? Uh, I have several reports that is going to be released on the Blaze. I'm doing a uh, a story that that crazy libertarian in me <laughs> is uh, doing a story on marijuana. Uh, in the, the growth of government in the industry. Is it about marijuana or drug prevention or is it about the government being involved in helping pharmaceutical companies make money? And if that's the case, which you'll learn in my investigation, then we got a big problem. And what can we do to address that problem? So, uh, you know, it'll be a good report. I hope it changes some people's mind. Um, I spend a day with a lot of people that struggle with different illnesses that uh, end up uh, taking marijuana and it saves their lives. So uh, I'm interested for you guys to see that next week. Okay. All right. This has been Politics. I'm, I'm Brian Bledsoe, and I appreciate Lawrence Billet. The Lawrence Billet. Right, Thank you so <laughs> for your time. I appreciate it. And once again, I actually have a couple of seconds. So. Thanks to Lawrence Billy Jones III from The Blaze. And also just thank everyone for their time. Uh, and tomorrow we'll have another full 
episode of interviews. Um, I will release um, those details and who will be on later on in the day. Um, I hope you've been enjoying these interviews. And until tomorrow, I will chat with you later. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens. But you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700.